0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's
1: advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Radio Network.
2: Welcome in. Hour number two of The Early Live. Kevin Walsh from Right Rideside with you right here. On Sports Grid on this Tuesday morning, NFL Week. NFL Opening Week. NFL Opening Week. What a delightful thing that is. During this hour, we're going to talk a lot about the early lines for Week 1. You'll love to see that. But we've got some news and notes to hit as well. And one, Donnie, that isn't surprising, but the fact it's not surprising is outrageous. The Houston Texans have named Tyrod Taylor their Week 1 starter.
3: And I don't know what took them so long. Were they just trying to be night? Nice? Like, I don't even understand the whole con We knew from day one that Deshaun Watson was not going to get to the starting line week one. Did they yeah. think that naming Tyrod Taylor the starter August the 3rd was really going to set the fuse in the, you know, offseason? And I'm never showing up again. How disrespectful. But being the third quarterback on the roster and basically inactive on Sunday is not disrespectful at this point. So the fact they held off for so long when everybody else knew, I don't even understand the mindset. Like Tyrod Taylor's in that quarterback room all throughout the offseason and for training camp. And he's saying like, oh, man, I don't even know if I'm this. No, he knows he's the starting quarterback at this point here. So when I always get a chuckle out of this stuff where this isn't high school, this isn't an even playing field between two quarterbacks legitimately with a chance to start. We knew exactly who was the starting quarterback for two months, three months. The minute Sean Watson said, I will never play for the Houston Texans again, Tyrod Taylor was always your starter. And the fact that it was a competitive, this, the whole room come together, Kevin, like, hey, you know what? Fantastic, Tyrod. Very happy you won this starting competition over a guy mm-hmm. who can't play for you this season because of legalities and you're trying to trade him. I don't know, Texans, but I got to tell you one thing, Kevin. Still interested in the Texans week one. How about that?
2: We will certainly talk about their opening line <laughs> against the Jaguars. The thing that the, the, the official announcement of Tyrod, again, we've known that Tyrod was going to be the quarterback for a while. Start started to just think a little bit more about this Watson stuff here. And is Watson not playing because he is refusing to play for the Texans? Is he not playing because the Texans don't want the backlash that has to come with his off-field issues? Is it somehow the combination that is everybody stepping away from the fire? Because it feels like it is that combination where if Watson had legal issues but wanted to be a Houston Texan, perhaps they would stand by his side and play him until they were told they couldn't play him. Or perhaps if he wanted out but had nothing wrong, they'd be like, well, listen, we're not trading you. Then again, if he didn't have the legal issues, he'd already be on a new football team and they would have been able to get all of the draft picks in the world. It again, it is... I understand why we are here, but it is still something to emphasize just how incredibly unique this scenario is where one of the five most talented quarterbacks in the sport is not being ruled out, is not explicitly saying, I refuse to play, and is just going to be a week one inactive for the Houston Texans, again, very, very odd doings. Some other very important week one headlines that did develop over the weekend involves the opening game of the season between the Bucks and the Cowboys. And the Cowboys got some unfortunate news. Look, this team already, fe- you know, feeling like they're climbing uphill, having to go to Tampa Bay for an opener. What's Dak's status? Okay, he's in, but how good is he? Well, Dak's now going to have to have uh, some offensive line movement as Zach Martin was is going to miss this game due to the – COVID protocols in the NFL. We bring the radio audience into the fold. Appreciate all those who are listening to the early line on Sports Grid Radio. Kevin Walsh, Donnie Wrightside with you on a Tuesday morning. Donnie, this is very important. One, for the Cowboys missing Zach Martin. Two, bit of a precedent center here that we're going to have key players miss key games due to COVID.
3: Yeah, it'll be, to say the least, as I like to say, interesting to watch because these weekly testings here, you're going to have each and every guy, you know, depending on vaccinated or unvaccinated, who's going to start. But also, let's not forget, this isn't just a random football player, Kevin. As you saw Zeke Elliott say, this is the best offensive football player on our entire team, and he's a guard. Think yeah. about that. When you're a running back, you know where your bread is buttered. How about when you line up in the backfield at a third and one? And say, we're going to run right behind Zach Martin. Say, so sign me up. I probably want to be touched for four yards here, even though they know it's coming. Now that's going to move McGovern into that starting lineup, which is a big-time downgrade against a ferocious defense and an incredible pass rush for Todd Bowles' Buccaneers defense. That's going to be one to watch here. Now, for the season long, it's probably not going to be an issue. He'll be back week two. And even if you're looking from a betting perspective, now it does make sense. Hey, maybe I'm looking a little bit more over towards the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because how is that offensive line going to hold up? Is Dak Prescott's ankle healthy? Is his arm healthy? There's a lot more question marks here surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. But for the season overall, did I expect the Dallas Cowboys to win open night? Absolutely not. So is this a devastating loss to the Cowboys? No maybe to gamblers if you took the Dallas Cowboys ahead and you said, hey, I'm going to jump on them when it's six and a half way early in the preseason. But now as you see it, the FanDuel Sportsbook, the seven and a half and the eights creeping up, this is a devastating blow to your offensive line. He is the best mm-hmm. lineman you have, and he's going to miss the game against a very good defense, Kevin.
2: The interesting thing as well is the fact that they're playing a box team last year that absolutely nobody could run the football against. Their yards per game... Last year against the run, it was 80 yards per game. It was 10 less yards than the next closest team. Nobody ran the football with success against Tampa Bay. Take Zach Martin out, and things could get incredibly shaky. Some quick contract notes from the AFC North. TJ Watt and the Steelers right now trying to figure things out. but. Could it get to a point where T.J. Watt is not out there for week one? Certainly interesting. Also, Mark Andrews, the star tight end of the Baltimore Ravens, gets an extension that makes him the third highest paid tight end in football. We're talking week one lines next.
4: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: Back right here on the early line, Kevin Walsh down the right side of the field. We want to take a look at Week 1 NFL Lines. Woo. This is probably something that you will grow accustomed to seeing us do on Tuesdays, getting a look at those early lines and trying to get a sense of even just where things we could potentially see moving. We all know that when it comes to betting the NFL there are key numbers. And actually, let me just start there quickly, Donnie, while we still have this opportunity. Because, Donnie, you always are very calculated in your approach to the NFL. You're calculated in your approach to all things. But the NFL, you have always talked about it. It's where your bread is buttered here. And I think it would be great if you could just kind of talk about, when you're looking a wager, the strategy to looking at the lines, figuring out what direction they could be moving, and deciding when you need to place that wager perhaps before a line goes in a direction where now it wouldn't be as appealing.
3: Yeah, you you get a pretty good feel for that as you move along. And sometimes, you know, we always think it's this whole calculated move and let me get the calculator out and here's what usually happens. You just have to know the lines and how they react and how the betting public is going to be reacting and what those numbers are supposed to move to. Case in point here, Kevin, right? If we take a look, let's just start with Thursday Night Football, Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? You open up the football season and it's at six and a half. If you are a better preseason, which I don't bet early on because – Sometimes guys get hurt. Tom Brady goes down. He gets, you know, whatever happens to him in the off season and he's not there. That's going to react obviously with an adverse reaction towards Tampa Bay if you're betting them. But looking at the line overall at six and a half, Kevin, you can ask a common football fan, is this number more likely to go to five and a half or four and a half, or is this going to go seven or higher? So if you're just looking at numbers to bet into spreads, you have to know what's going to react because they put that number at six and a half to get that reaction. If the number goes to seven, you're probably not going to take Tampa Bay anymore. And it's more of like looking towards Dallas in that perspective, just from an off season. Forget mm-hmm. about, you know, who has COVID and Dak Prescott's injury to his arm or whatever it might be. But you know that number is probably going to move to seven, which would be this less of an advantage for you as if it goes to six or six and a half. Because what I'm trying to explain is if you took the six and a half and it dropped to six and five and a half, me as a better betting through the key numbers, I'm not all that worried. You always want to win the line battle before the closing line. Of course you do. But if that number goes to six or five and a half, I'm not worried because I expected this football team to win by seven. But at the same time, if you're waiting and you take that minus seven on the Buccaneers, or as it sits now at the FanDuel Sportsbook at seven and a half, and, you know, maybe approaching that eight number, you feel a little bit better about beating it. But it's the same thing. You look at it for a two and a half, Kevin, right? Let's just say, the Atlanta Falcons and the Philadelphia Eagles, so it's a line is three, but I'm just going to use this for, you know, betting mm-hmm. terms. If the Atlanta Falcons are minus two and a half and you like the Falcons, you better take them there. Why? Because if the line goes to two or one and a half, do you feel bad that you didn't get the better number? Sure you do, but you were off that key component of three. Whereas if you like the Philadelphia Eagles, why would you be betting that two and a half saying, I'm going to sit back and wait for that to go to three? Because again, if it goes to two or one and a half, you're still going to like the Philadelphia Eagles at that point. Anyway, Going through the key numbers here in your mind doesn't take a calculator. Just be a smart football fan and say, here's probably what's going to make the most sense from my gambling etiquette here moving forward because you can see where these key numbers are headed or what you want from that bet. If you say in your mind, Tampa Bay is going to win by a touchdown, anything less than six and a half is fine in your book at that point, right? That's what you would look for.
2: And it, and it's a great point. And also, too, you can read juice. This isn't very complicated. It is the Denver Broncos-New York Giants game right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook is a a two-and-a-half point spread where the Denver Broncos are favored. They are two-and-a-half at minus 120 juice. So that means that the next move is three. Not down to two or down to a pick 'em here. You can tell that the number is closer to being minus three than minus two. So to Donnie's point, if you're big on the Broncos in this game and you believe that they're going to go out there and they're going to beat the New York Giants, then that's where you perhaps are a Tuesday better or a Wednesday better before this line does start to transition. To pull up some of the numbers here, Donnie, that are catching my attention, One that I know is on the move right now is this Chiefs-Browns game here because it was minus six, and it's been minus six since it's open, and it's been to me one of the more fascinating numbers at minus six because I know, you know, and everybody knows that the Chiefs are going to be a popular team. No matter how high everybody is on Cleveland this year, Kansas City is a team that people want to bet. People want to bet Andy Reid when he has extra time to prep. People want to bet the Chiefs when they are home. People are going to want to bet the the Chiefs because they lost the Super Bowl, and they will say that revenge is on their mind. And you're seeing it now at six and a half here. It wouldn't surprise me if by the time we get to
3: Sunday, the Chiefs are full touchdown favorites. See, and I'm going to go opposite on that one because the more I look at this football game and I line it up, it's so hard, Kevin, to bet against Patrick Mahomes. And then you're taking a look Mm -hmm. at one of the biggest advantages in home field that you can have Arrowhead Stadium when it's full and everybody is blasting out. You're probably going to get some decent weather there in Kansas City. The fans in the stands last year, yes, but now you have that full crowd here. They are going to be excited for game one, and this is a big-time matchup. It's not one of those, you know, football games where an SEC power plays the Citadel and, hey, we got to go out. At least we're going to spend a half of the game. This is going to be a great football game. And as I take a look, you know, the opening lines of the FanDuel Sportsbook, five and a half. Now they move to six and a half. If this game gets to seven, I got to tell you, Kev, I'm going to be in love with the Cleveland Browns. But it's also (laughs) one of those games sometimes I really want to watch. And you guys know me. I'm very superstitious if things aren't going my way. I'll take my dog out for a walk mid-game to see if I can change it around because I can't have my eyeballs on the TV. But if this game does get to seven, I will love the Cleveland Browns in this scenario. Hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes hard to bet against Andy Reid, hard to bet against the Chiefs who a really good football team in Arrowhead. But if I line up man for man between these two football teams, Cleveland is ultra-talented. If Baker Mayfield can work his way around this football game and be smart with the football, they're going to be in it, Kevin. I I love where you're going with this direction. It's my favorite game of the week. But i got to say, early in the week, leaning towards those Cleveland Brownies here.
2: It's one of my favorite things, though, about the NFL, where a half point, a point, makes such a difference, though, because you're not taking, at least I don't think so, Done. Like, hey, here's here's this Browns plus six. You want it? Ah, I'm good. There's other games on the board. But plus seven, whoa, now, hold on a minute. I got a full touchdown here in the pocket. It makes such a difference when you're looking at these numbers. The Kansas City stuff as well. These teams matched up in the playoffs. The Chiefs won 22-17, to but also Mahomes got hurt. I mean, they were up 19-3 to in that game at the break. Yep. You, you know that there's a little bit more juice to this game with a full Patrick Mahomes out there. I also, like, tomorrow we're going to talk a lot about our preseason predictions from our favorite player props to a couple of win totals, some awards. I'll give you a spoiler right now. Like, Mahomes deserves to be half of the next closest player when it comes to the MVP. He should be, because this team does always look like the best team. They always look like they have the best players around him, and he is the best quarterback. Looking through some other numbers here that jump off of the page, and this is something that I think, Donnie, we can expand on probably quite a bit even after the break here. There is a team laying a touchdown and a hook on the road week one, and that is the San Francisco 49ers going to the Detroit Lions. I think the Niners are going to be good. I think the Lions are going to be terrible. It also feels like a daunting task to lay a touchdown and a half when we've not seen these teams go out there and play full games.
3: You're absolutely correct, Kevin. It's a great game you bring up because when you just line up the talent on both sides of the football, you say, where is it coming from from the Detroit Lions side? Questionable wide receivers. All right, DeAndre Swift in the backfield. Jared Goff is your quarterback. You have some decent football players on the front line. You have a decent tight end. But outside of that, the excitement, other than their coach yelling and screaming into a microphone and having some great sound clips, that doesn't translate to the football field after <laughs> the kickoff happens. It looks like it should be an easy blowout victory for the 49ers, but aha, Kevin, as I like to say, week one is very mystifying at times.
2: The Jacksonville Jaguars last season went 1-15. and 15. <laughs> They won on week one. Look, and there's some of these numbers out here. Some of these games, they are legitimately just built for six-point teasers, seven-point teasers. There are going to be landmines out there. We'll keep talking about
4: these lines next
1: Remember the good
2: old days before
1: you...
2: back right here on the early line let's keep chatting a little bit about some of these lines that are jumping off the page here for week one and one game that's going to be really interesting is the new england miami game because you've got one quarterback that we feel like we know nothing about and the other quarterback is a rookie i mean Mac jones and Tua vailoa is a very exciting battle here of quarterbacks but it leaves a lot up in the air Donnie very low total as well in this game 43 uh 43 and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook
3: that's unbelievable and that sticks right out right because you're used to seeing the evolution of the NFL with scoring right now you're going to get a game one here in division rivalry you expected probably Cam Newton to be there not so fast Mac Jones is so the interesting question I have Kevin if we match up these two teams You know, both of these defenses should be pretty good this season. It's just going to be a matter of which young quarterback has the better season, which is probably going to be the determining factor in who takes second place in that division between the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. Now, the simple fact is a rookie is going to be under center, which you don't make a lot of money typically betting rookies in their rookie season. Why? Because they're usually playing for bad football teams. I don't think that's going to be the case here when you take a look at Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. But my question to you, Kevin, We're coming into week one, and this is rare for me because I'm always usually going to give the nod to a guy who has been around the league, even if it's only for one year with a handful of starts with Tula Tagovailoa. But I have to say, I look at this football game, Kevin, and if you asked me right now to pick your starting quarterback for this game between these two, I'm actually picking Mac Jones here. And I wanted to get your input out of your read because he hasn't started a game, and I feel more comfortable with Mac Jones. Am I wrong here, Kevin?
2: I think so, but I I don't I'm not positive. I mean, again, like you talk about a couple of quarterbacks, like so interestingly enough, Donnie, we're getting some early player props available on the FanTool Sportsbook. Mac Jones is two eighteen and a half for a passing yards prop, and Tua is two twenty eight and a half for a passing yard props. Sounds like a lot of running the football. When I look at those numbers, it feels like they are thinking about just this low, low-scoring game here. I'll say this: I feel like I like the Mac over maybe more than the Tua over. I don't know if this, so then maybe I do agree with you that I like Mac more. The interesting thing is, uh, Will Fuller, we know, won't be available for this game because he's suspended. Because of course, he got himself suspended the one season he was able to stay healthy. Like, but again, who's Mac Jones throwing the football to? Jacoby Myers? Nelson Aglahor? I don't even like saying that name, but like you know, it's one—it's one of those deals, Donnie, right? Where it's like,
3: was boy, that done on purpose? This is one...
2: <laughs> Nelson Aglahor? Yeah, no. I mean, look, I just—I just, I just can't—I can't deal with that guy. And it's a, you know—obviously, your pronunciations are never necessarily. Boy, oh boy! Remember when they were catching babies out of the fire in yes. Philly? and they were taking oh, shots at good old too, Nelly because but... he couldn't catch touchdowns yeah you love to see that the people of Philly always getting after it here this this Donnie maybe is maybe the perfect game on the slate like before we even go into it for you to make your point of how are people making their Decisions off of one sample. Like, are we going to know definitively anything about either of these two teams off of this game? There's so, I don't know if we're going to know anything about these two teams after four weeks of football. It feels like there's so much uncertainty around them.
3: You're right, and how do you approach this game? And I, I know it's you know the old adage for myself. It's the reason why, Kevin, I take the pen and I take the paper out. You know, bet some games because we're all going to bet games. You know, for who, who's going to sit out Week One? Hey, you know what? I'm going to keep my money on the sideline. But I'm talking about having an added advantage of what we see in the NFL. Just looking at this football game, it seems like a complete toss up. Hey, look at Tua Tagovailoa now with a full offseason where he's the starter. Boy, he looks really good out there. And then you take a look at Mac Jones. What did we anticipate from a rookie quarterback? Yeah, he threw for 189 yards, and they lost 21-17. to 17. This one, more than any other game in the card, has so much intrigue because I honestly don't know, Kevin, what the offenses are going to look at coming into this football game. Are we expecting Twitza to take that step up here on YouTube? 2 Absolutely. Mac Jones, everything we hear out of the locker room in the offseason, this guy is built and ready to go with swag, and he should be able to be a good football player right off of the bat. But you're right. Did you just hear the weapons that he has? He has a great offensive line, I get it. He has a great you know, running back or you know, situation where they should have a good running game. But the wide receivers, are they getting separation against those two good cornerbacks from the Miami Dolphins? Is Mac Jones now He's going to actually see interesting blitzes, twists, and also coverage schemes that you don't see in the preseason? That's going to take place in this game. And there is a reason why that is 43 and a half at the fan sportsbook here because you're right, Kevin. All you had to do is tell me the passing prop numbers and you go, you know what? That makes about just enough sense for that under to get there. Oh, 43 and a half. I can't do it though. I can't take the under.
2: Someone make sure they play this tape back of me being like, yeah, who knows what's going to happen when I mosey on up to the window and bet nine player props in this game alone. I can't wait to get involved in this game another game boy i love this game it is the worst game on the slate by a country mile i cannot wait for jags texans it might get a dedicated screen on its own apparently donnie has secretly been click clicking away on week one lines here because <laughs> the texans plus three is gone it's now plus two and a half here some folks donnie are clearly back in the texans out there maybe some tyrod love
3: And and, uh, yes, we will be able to erase and burn these tapes if it does not work out into my favor. But let me get this straight here. As you've been saying, Kevin, all along, we look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were horrendous last year. They're coming in on a 15 game losing streak and are going on the road with a rookie quarterback that has never taken a snap in the NFL. And they are the favorites here. I know we're down on the Texans. I know they're not a great football team. They're still going to be home. They have a quarterback that's been there and done that. We're on the opposite sideline. I have a head coach in Urban Meyer who has never been there and done that in the NFL. I have a rookie quarterback who has never been there and done that in the NFL. That is going to be a sold-out building rocking on day one. I don't know if they're going to be rocked after day one in the NFL for the Houston Texans at home. But for game one, they think they can get in the playoffs and everything is going to look great. The fact that that line is coming down makes sense to me. But how are we taking Jacksonville on the road week one? No way in my book, Kevin. No, 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 no.
2: The thing, you know, about Urban Meyer is can I, can I take some of his week one Ohio State performances and carry it over? <laughs> like when they beat Bowling Green 77-10 to because it's the – Texans are the Bowling Green equivalent here in the NFL. Again, This is another game, though. You're talking player props. Look, I am very, very excited for player props all year long. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited for live player props, especially during the primetime games, which Donnie and I will be able to sink our teeth into on in-play sports tonight. I, I can't wait to see what the Trevor numbers look like. I can't wait to see what the Tyrod numbers look like. Tyrod, again... Tyrod is being treated like he has not ever played an NFL snap before. That is not true. That's also happening to Andy Dalton, who, by the way, is a seven and a half point dog against the Rams on Sunday night football here. That's a really interesting game, Donnie, because a part of me will want to just bet Dalton props under and see if by chance, and I'll just ever I'll just do it every single week and I'll wait for them to bench him for Justin Fields so I can cash an under ticket.
3: No, you're right. I mean, there's so many intricacies going on there. But also, when you take a look at the FanDuel Sportsbook, keep in mind that Jacksonville Jaguar-Houston Texans game we were just talking about, full game, 23 and 22 are the team totals that line up. But take a look at the first half, Kevin. Nine and a half for the Houston Texans at home. If they're going to win this football game, Kevin, they're not going to have six points at the half. So if you think that, The Texans have a legitimate chance to beat the team coming in on a 15-game losing streak based off of last year. To have 10 at the break, now I'm getting more and more interested in this game as we say, like, hey, we're all going to want to watch Cleveland-Kansas City. No, 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 people. We are all watching the Texans and the Jaguars trying to break down every conceivable angle here. And I know I'll probably show up next Monday and be like, hey, man, Kevin. What was I thinking about the Texans, man? I was blowing them up last week. Like they had a legitimate chance, and here they did lose 27-6 to 6 to a rookie quarterback, yeah. rookie head coach in a team that snapped their 15-game losing streak. I'm all about football season early on. Woohoo! Here we go.
2: I'm going to be sending secret messages. Hey, by the way, guys, Donnie, secret play of the day. Texans, first half, team total over. You're like, wait, Retweeting i did the show nope.
3: each and every hour that game is on while the Texans are just getting rolled mm-hmm. up. I'm like, hey, man, shut that down out here. Stop it. <laughs>
2: It's kind of like the secret menu, uh, like at a, like a McDonald's or something. Yeah. That's what's going to be the underneath <laughs> Texans team total that we're going to be offering people here. I also just wanted to make sure I, I bring this up. Donnie, one thing that's going to be really interesting to follow is going to be Packer's Saints, because Green Bay is a four-point yeah. favorite. It's just surprising to me that this number's not higher considering it's outside of New Orleans now.
3: You're right about that. The four seems about right, though, to me. If I'm looking at the game, Kevin, even if it was in the the, uh, Superdome down in New Orleans, I still thought Green Bay had a legitimate chance to go down there and win that football game. But now as we see Mm -hmm. it taking place in Jacksonville, I think we're taking our eye a little bit too far off of the New Orleans Saints because uh, you guys know me and you'll see throughout the football season. I love to take a look at team total bets, particularly from a team that's an underdog position. Why? Because I don't have to score as many points as the favorite, but with a legitimate chance to have a running mate. You're going to hear this the same way I talk about in baseball. You know who's going to score points in this game? The Green Bay Packers. You know who's going to be forced into playing offense in this game? The New Orleans Saints. And they still do have some weapons out there with Jamie Swinson and a good offensive line. So if Green Bay is slated in the high 20s, Kevin, I believe it's like 23 and a half. I didn't check the updated numbers on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But you have an advantageous team total for the New Orleans Saints. I think they can get there. So the fact that this is outside, you have less stress on you. The home crowd isn't a little bit antsy as well. Good environment for both of these teams to score points, but particularly, Kevin, sort of look towards that New Orleans Saints team total side here.
2: There's a lot of great, great stuff here for week one. We're going to, of course, be talking about this all week long. But up next, let's talk a little Major League Baseball. Of course, we'll quickly hit what happened over the weekend.
4: The Dodgers lost a series to the Giants. Hit it on the other side.
2: Back right here on the early line. We got a major league baseball board. We're gonna get some. We'll get plenty of preview in. Don't you worry about that. But it'd be a mistake not to abolid, uh, acknowledge some of the big doings over the weekend here. And I want to quickly just start in the National League, the NL West. The Giants beat the Dodgers again. I don't know how this happens. Like they win two out of three. It's not substantial. They're only up one game in the division. The Dodgers still remain considerable favorites to win the NL West, but Donnie, like, the Dodgers are playing their best baseball all year long, and they still couldn't take that series off the San Francisco Giants.
3: No, they couldn't, but I guess they're just toying with them, Kevin, as I like to talk about the Dodgers being the best team in Major League Baseball until that last week of the season where the San Francisco Giants have clinched the playoff appearance, have clinched the West. I'm still not giving up hope here on the Los Angeles Dodgers. I do still think when the dust settles, And everything is in full blast and 162 games have been played. I do think the Dodgers will be sitting on top of the NL West standings. And you can ask me this question every single day here on out from September 7th all the way through the end of the month. My answer would be the same. And you know what? My answer still might be the same, Kevin. When the Giants clinch the West, I'm still going to tell you the Dodgers have a chance to win that division.
2: That's what I should tell people about the Jazz. Rudy Gobert can hold a finals MVP trophy over his head, and I'd still pick him to lose the finals. I really do not care at this point. As far as the NL wild card goes, impressive series win for the Padres. Over the Houston Astros. Donnie's made no bones about it, though. That team, that team can do whatever they want for about one more week until they play an impossible Giants Dodgers, Giants, Dodgers, Giants, Dodgers schedule. The Reds starting to play some bad baseball here. The Mets doing exactly what you need to do and beating up on the bad least teams, even though they had a tough result yesterday. The Phillies smoked the Brewers. Yesterday, here. That NL wild card's quite interesting, Donnie.
3: It's fantastic stuff. And it gives, look, I know football season. We're all geared up for it. NCAA football, the NFL kicking off. But this Major League Baseball and the advent of the wild card, it wasn't too long ago where the baseball purists, why would you do that? This is why you do it. Look at all these teams still in it. You take a look at the Mets, four and a half out. The Cardinals, three and a half out. The Phillies, two out. The Reds, one out. The Padres, barely up in the wild card. Of course, the Dodgers at 13 and a half. But you have a handful of teams that are going to be fighting for their lives over the final couple of weeks as opposed to saying, hey, the divisions have already been won. There's no chance for a wild card. We don't need one to get in or even the extra wild card." Fascinating stuff here. I'm still holding firm. You you guys know I'm a Philadelphia Phillies fan. I don't know if they have enough to get over the hump, but you take a look at maybe the Atlanta Braves showing a little bit of signs of coming back to the pack here. That's going to be a wild finish between the Phillies, the Mets, and the Atlanta Braves in the NL for that spot. I'm interested in it, and I love the fact that we are going to get multiple interesting races down the stretch, Kevin, of both the NL and also the AL.
2: And we've talked a lot, too, about where the entire NL East is. It still wouldn't surprise me if they send multiple teams to the playoffs when it's all said and done. Because the Padres do have that murderer's row of a schedule. And Cincinnati's just playing some shaky baseball. And no matter how many times I try and get Donnie to say the Cardinals are good, the Cart they, they were up three and got hit with a walk-off grand slam the other day against the Brewers. It's like that Cardinals team has put their fans through some just absolute misery all year long. To update the American League wild card, point blank period. I am absolutely tired of this. I love it, but I am tired of it. I am so sick of calling teams years done. We've done it 700 times. We've been wrong every single time. The Blue Jays are going to be a thorn in my side. At this point, I am almost regretting... Betting them to miss the playoffs, not because I think they're making the playoffs, but because it is far too stressful. How they just went and swept the A's is beyond me. How the A's are even a real baseball team, I don't even know what that team does anymore. Seattle's not dead. The Yankees can't hit again. Boston is just beating Tampa. But then, of course, they blow games
3: and actually. What is the American League wild card? It's very interesting to say the least here. And do you know how you make games up here, Kevin, on the guys in front of you here? and the Yankees, over the past 10 games. It wasn't that long ago. We're like, hey, man, lucky 13 here, winning streak. The Yankees are going to pulverize, you know, the rest of the way. They might even have a chance at getting after those Tampa Bay Rays in the AL East. Now, they're just looking to hang on. And again, the ebbs and flows of the baseball season. You're going to have big win streaks. You're going to struggle a little bit. It's just a matter of when you have that big winning streak, did it come at a good time where the other teams are losing? And it did for the Yankees as they still sit with a half-game lead up for that top spot here in the AL wildcard stand. But when you take a look at the Toronto Blue Jays, what differentiates them? Yes, the Boston Red Sox, 5-5 five and of five the last 10. How about an 8-2 and two spot for the Blue Jays? And, oh, yeah, their run differential on the season, a plus 136. You know what the Red Sox are at here? Plus 57. How about the Yankees? Plus 43. Interesting doings down the stretch in the And Yes, I know. We should have had the Toronto Blue Jays dead and buried for your prop here to make the playoffs or not yeah. make the playoffs. But here they are sitting there three games back. You know, the team can hit. Maybe they get their starting pitching back in line. Should be a fun one to watch here, Kevin. Well, maybe not fun from your perspective on that wager, though. No. Nothing is fun about this. Like, of
2: course, the Blue Jays, as hot as they've been in the entire second half, run into the Yankees doing... You knew this was going to happen with this team. Gallo, Judge Stanton combined one for their last 33 the plate with 17 strikeouts. I can't stand this. I know what's going to happen tonight. Hey, Kevin, what do you think? Yanks team total over one and a half runs. Derek Cole wasting a gem. Oh, uh, Okay, Andrew Heaney, if that dude <laughs> needs to go back to L.A. or any other state, get away from New York, man. That guy's terrible. They're like, oh, the starting thing doesn't work. What if we bring him out of the bullpen? And he blows every game. <laughs> they lost the series to the Orioles because of this jabroni. I mean, this guy's the worst player I've ever seen. I'd at least I'd at least draw a walk against Andrew Heaney. I am absolutely positive of it at this point. Let me catch my breath. We might as well transition to some pre-game wagers here. if like this is going to help me. Donnie, Yankees, Blue Jays, Garrett Cole's on the mound. Steven Matz is a lefty. They're supposed to hit lefties. Go ahead and tell
3: me why today, they probably won't hit Stephen Matz. Yeah, here's one of the, again, we talk about the Toronto Blues just making the playoffs. This is exactly the game they wanted to line up to try to make some hay in the standings and also catching the Yankees not as hot as they were just about two weeks ago. Matt's does struggle. Here's the intricacies here for him, right? 5.02 XFIP over the last 30 days. That's terrible. Striking out 15% of the batters he's faced. That is terrible. But I know what's interesting about this, Kevin. He's faced 113 batters over the past month lefties are getting at a 360 weighted on base percentage but nothing iso power number wise so you're saying to yourself now wait a second he's got that x fit over five he is probably getting lit up like a christmas tree from right-handed batters kevin that's not the case again 320 weighted on base average is your average in major league baseball for a hitter anything below that you're below average anything above that you're hitting very well Catch this from him, Kevin. A 257 weighted on-base percentage and a .087 as an ISO power number. You do have some good bats in the lineup here for the Yankees that profile well over the past 30 days against left-handed pitching. Aaron Judge, and Carlos Stanton, Voight, as well as Glaber Torres. Only nine at-bats, but he's got a 425 weighted on-base average. But I got to tell you, Kevin, for a guy that should be getting hit here, if you're going to stack a ton of right-handed bats like we're anticipating for the Yankees tonight, something has to give here. And I guess the one thing that is going to be giving is, hey, Kev, it's one to nothing, Toronto in the fifth inning. When is the time we jump in on a live total for the New York Yankees? It shouldn't be this way, Kevin. they should have already snapped out of it. But it's very interesting that Matt's high XFIP number doesn't really correlate to how well he's doing, weighted on base percentage-wise, to right-handed batters.
2: I don't even know why I asked about the game. I knew it was going to upset me, and I still did it. I'm trying to do my job. I also forgot it's, it's Dinger Tuesday. I'm sure Patty oh, will yes. go deep again. Uh, I know. I know, Donnie. I didn't even think about it. Ooh. Yeah. Last week, too, I was going to do Vladdy, didn't do Vladdy, didn't work out, yada, yada, yada. You're not supposed to reveal the backup plan. I spent the whole in-play sports tonight, though, (laughs) booing his at-bats because he kept sending them to the wall and then still eventually got a hold of one. Just absolute madness here. You know what? Let's make sure, Don, we just kind of spin it through before we get to anything specific. As far as circle plays go, early looks at this Tuesday board here. What's jumping off of the page?
3: I gotta tell you, like sometimes I'm a little bit of a glutton for punishment here. So there's one game I want to take a look at. And also keep in mind yesterday was a holiday. A lot of those games, I believe it was seven seven games that started before two o'clock yesterday. The only game, Kevin, that was circled for me. Those Toronto Blue Jays. And it was a four and a half cheap juice here at minus 105 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I'll tell you what was interesting about that game because I didn't know if they would get that total. You're sitting there in the late, night, you know, took to the ninth inning. I actually shut the game off. Oh, I hope this is going to, you know, come through. Turned it back on. I saw the eighth spot. So that one came through today. But when we take a look at the New York Mets, sometimes you have to use a little bit of your imagination. Going against the Miami Marlins, big game here for the New York Mets. The Marlins seem to be a thorn in the side of the Phillies and also the New York Mets on their way to possibly getting into the playoffs. Cabrera's going to be on the mound today. Doesn't have a lot of innings pitched, Kevin, over the past 30 days. He's only faced 40 batters. But get this, an XFIP number of 5.23, a K percentage of only 10%. But we do know the Mets have the ability to put multiple left-handed hitters in their lineup. And going up against Cabrera today, a 560 weighted on-base percentage and a 526 ISO power number. Now, keep in mind, as I said, it's limited at-bats, only to 20 of those. But the lefties in the lineup tonight for the Mets anticipated, Villar, Lindor, Conforto, McNeil, and Mazika. A lot of these guys also, even from a right-handed side, have decent numbers versus right-handed pitching over the past 30 days. It is a pitcher's ballpark. But there's no reason to believe that the Mets can't win this game and also get their team total over. I know it's the Mets. I know they've struggled. But sometimes you just have to trust in the numbers that you see in a playoff race. And I do think the Mets have a decent shot here, Kevin, of getting to their team total. But I have a multitude of games today, as many as six that I have circled that I am interested in including the Detroit Tigers, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Atlanta Braves, the Chicago Cubs, those Houston Astros may be waking up a little bit at the plate here and also of mm. course every day it feels like I circled the Chicago White Sox as well Kevin.
2: The White, the White Sox are a team that almost does feel like you can always just take a look at them and be like yeah they should hit. It's never today. a bad lineup. I'll also yeah. yeah, I'll also just bring this up quickly Don because this has been pretty common for me when it comes to a dinger Tuesday. Are the Rockies home? Yeah, they are. 11 and a half is the total. Chi-Chi Gonzalez oh, is on the mound. Yeah. Could you see Coors Field perhaps being the destination for Dinger Tuesday?
3: It could be the destination, Kevin, but I know, as you like to say, like because I, I like the theory that you use. It's not so much about the one player hitting a home run. It's what can I get? And You always look to Colorado. Yeah. The only interesting part about this game, Logan Webb is Fit. It's a 194. Yes. A one, like 250 is super elite. And he's at a 194. Weighted on base percentages, the lefties and righties, 218, 283 over the last 30 days. How about the ISO power numbers? I don't know who's leaving the ballpark here when it's .043 to lefties and .116 to righties. But you are so correct looking from the opposite side here with Chi-Chi Gonzalez on the mound who can't get right-handed handed hitters out to save his life. Buster Posey's in the lineup tonight. You know who might be a decent one here? Right in the middle, Kevin. Expected to bat fifth tonight. Chris Bryant and his 283 ISO mm. power number versus righties over the past 30 days in elevation versus Chi Chi Gonzalez. Nine full at bats, Kevin. <sighs> might have to be on that card tonight. We might have to take a look Ooh. at Chris Bryant. Ooh. Mm. Love a good old dinger Tuesday. Now I feel better. I'm feeling pressure. Something to take dinger my money.
2: Ah, don't worry, Donnie. No You're all good. You're all good. It built up. You delivered. Then the next week, it didn't work. And then you were right back on the horse. Don't you worry about it True. here. Oh, I yeah. hey, look, what's the, what's the worst-case scenario, Donnie? Through 10 weeks, you bat 80% on a Dinger Tuesday? <laughs> I bet no
3: geez. pressure, my Fire friend. Fire that guy. No
2: pressure, my friend.
3: <laughs> this guy's a bum.
2: And I bet like 30%. I'm like, whoa, look at me. Anyway, up next year on the early line, Donnie Wright's how to close it out. No Ariel Epstein. But to
4: let you know it's coming up on the morning after, including Donnie himself. Be right back.
1: It's your lucky day. You found the trust.
4: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: Last segment of the day for the early line on a Tuesday. Of course, myself, Donnie Wright's side, and also Kevin Walsh carrying you through 7-9, and nine, setting the table today for the morning after, which I'll be guest hosting during Hour 1 with Ben Stevens. So Make sure you stick tuned, stay tuned here on the Sports Grid Network 9-12. to 12, And the NFL is here. Yeah, it feels good to say the NFL is finally here. We made it through the doldrums of the winter. Post-Super Bowl, what were we doing? Watching college basketball. Getting through to the Major League Baseball season, which I love baseball. Do not get me wrong. But there's something about the fall crisp air that we're starting to get now here on September 7th. We got a live game on Thursday night football between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. A full slate on Sunday. And what does that mean? We don't have any bye weeks. Every single team is going to be in play on Thursday, on Sunday, on Monday night football. So I'm here to tell you it's okay for overreactions early. And be safe out there when you're betting these games. Keep in mind, it's not a sprint. It is a marathon. There is 18 weeks and 17 games to bet per football team in the NFL. And oh, yes, we have the playoffs and also the Super Bowl. Be weary this weekend. Have some fun. Put some wagers down. Enjoy it. Don't go all in. Nobody wants to re-up their account after week one with all the mistakes they made. Take the pencil out. Take the pen out. Take the paper out. Take some notes. Have some fun. Sit back and relax. Because this NFL season is going to be tremendous here. Fans back in the stands. The home field advantage. The pageantry is back. Did you just see college football this past weekend? Did you not watch Jump Around up in Wisconsin? Did you not watch Enter Sandman at Virginia Tech? Get ready for fans to be back. Tampa Bay is going to hang a banner and get their rings on opening night in front of a packed house at Raymond James. How about the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend? It's going to be loud at Arrowhead. It's great to have this back in our life, but also, you know, it is back in our life. The morning after coming up next year, right on the sports grid network from nine to 12. And as I said, both myself and Ben Stevens in the first hour, make sure. you. Your
1: wife called. She wants her husband back. We told her you were busy. It takes real commitment to get the winning edge. She seemed upset. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh,